Stick around for another show you might enjoy here where imagination meets relaxation on the Mutual Audio Network. Thanks for listening. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, a dish best served cold. Let the circle be illuminated. I renew my objections to these farcical proceedings. Quiet, you fool. Fool? Fool? Do you have any idea whom you are toying with? I have a general idea of whom I am about to kill, if that's what you're asking. Can we get on with this? I have a world to conquer. As persons of reason and intellect, we should have no need of this ritualistic nonsense. As much as I hate to agree with him, he's right. You weak, ephemeral creatures have no concept of majesty, of the solemnity of ritual. A thing worth doing is worth doing with dignity. And of course you would know all about that. And what does that mean, little man? Enough! I have brought you together because only as a united front can we achieve that which has eluded each of us as individuals. Each of us has suffered ignominy and defeat at the hands of a common enemy, and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Let us try and act like it, however briefly. This simple ceremony is merely a gesture. Five fiercely independent operators becoming a single entity with a single goal, the destruction of the Red Panda. Very well. If you feel that our compact is one best sealed by the use of candles and black robes, I am prepared to recant my objections. But I would like to see a few more faces at the table, if we are to do this once and for all. Like who? Perhaps Kid Chaos? I will not work with that impossible little man again. What about Jackrabbit? Treasonous little whelp. Besides... I thought we ought to approach the Mad Monkey, and I'm not certain those two can be in the same room anymore. Can you blame her? He was cheating on her. With who? Well, actually... Hmm. Honor among thieves, indeed. I tire of these domestic melodramas. Indeed. The Mad Monkey was only recently recaptured and has not yet stood trial. It would be rather more trouble than he is worth to free him for this exercise. But I assure you that all of these choices were considered, as were such luminaries of crime as the poet and Captain Clockwork. Pshaw. Amateurs. As you say, this endeavor is not built around a single plan that can be unraveled like a ball of string. Careful consideration was placed into selecting the skill sets that most ably complement my own. This time we cannot, must not fail. This time... The Red Panda's destruction must be certain. Agreed. Then let us have no more discussion nor delay. Let the circle be illuminated. We stand forth united. We each have suffered at the hands of our enemy. We each have failed. But together we shall be victorious. Together we shall destroy the Red Panda.
Step forward. Speak your name and place your hand upon our great seal to cement the bond. The genie. Professor Zombie. The electric eel. Mordriel the malevolent. And I, the crimson death. Now we swear the oath. Death, death to, to the, the red panda! So swears the Red Panda Revenge Squad. Kit, the plane leaves in an hour and a half. All right, already. I'm almost set. I don't understand what the hurry is, anyhow. I'm an impulsive sort of fellow. Impulsive? Do you know when the last time we got out of town was? The honeymoon, that's when. What about our trip to New York? When Tom Tomorrow was accused of murder? Yes. That wasn't exactly a vacation, and you didn't exactly go willingly. What happened to, it's not Paris in the springtime, but a girl can't be too picky? The girl married a billionaire and got a little picky. So I see. That's quite a few suitcases for someone whose stated intention is to sit on a beach for days on end. What else do you do in Havana? No idea. Never been. It's supposed to be very nice. What are you up to? Why are you so suspicious? Impromptu tropical vacations aren't your forte, Gusworth. Neither is leaving the city without a two-fisted masked avenger and spunky sidekick while we dance to a Latin drumbeat in bare feet. Mm, uh, perhaps I'll wear sandals. But suddenly we're going on holiday, and then just as suddenly you aren't going on holiday. I told you, Fenwick Industries has just acquired several large manufacturing concerns, and I have to stay to sign the final papers. I'll join you in two days. Since when are you that interested in what happens at Fenwick Industries? I'm not, which is why the timing was a bit of a surprise. But I have directed the board to look for these kind of opportunities. It occurs to me we've spent years trying to fight against the darkness and despair of this depression when we might do still more good by doing everything possible to put people back to work. Consolidating these companies into a single entity and restoring operations will make a real difference in a lot of people's lives. And some of those people might never turn to crime in the first place because of it? And we might just live a little longer as a result. Hmm. That's all just corny enough to sound like you. But sending me to Havana with Ma Baxter... Why waste the ticket? Besides, it'll do your mother good. You do realize when you get down there, you'll be on vacation with my mother? Yes, well, into every life a little rain must fall. You have two days to find her some swarthy Lothario to occupy her attention. You've, uh, met Ma Baxter, right? Just do the best you can. Come on, Weston is waiting with the car. All right. You're sure you're not up to something? Kit Baxter Fenwick, what could I possibly be up to? Excuse me, mister. Do you got a phone in this place? There's a pay phone in the back, young fella. Thanks. Come on. Come on already. Mother Hen speaking. This is Agent 391 calling. Line is secured. You may speak freely. Uh, thanks. Long time no talk, Mother Hen. I was surprised to see you added to my operatives for this mission, Harry Kelly. Yeah, me too. I guess I've been reporting to Spiro for an awful long time. Maybe the chief figures too long. I think you'll be seeing Spiro again, Harry. But you're the best spotter in the network, and he's got all hands on this one. Best in the network. He said that? He didn't have to. He put you on the case. I guess so. You have a report? Activity at the target? Yes and no. Harry. This operation is rated Black Alpha, highest priority. 
You should not have left your post without something definite to report. Give a guy a break a second, Mother Hen. I was watching the address the chief wanted, just like he said. 241. I was under the porch of the abandoned house across the street, just where I'd been for most of a day and a half. Your orders were to watch the house. And watch for a list of possible clues. Some were full descriptions, and I know the rogues' gallery well enough to know who they are without hearing their names. I'm sure you do. But then I saw something that looked like a moving shadow, where there shouldn't be a shadow at all. And you saw one? I sure did. Move right past the house it did, and kept going north. Kept going? It was dark enough, so I tailed it as best as a guy can tail something he can hardly see. You shouldn't have done that, Harry. That's my job. Don't treat me like a kid. We both know who that was. It had to be Mordrell. Your job was to watch the house. There were six other agents on the house. I spotted them all. There were ten, actually, so you're not as clever as you think you are. Do you want to hear about the shadow that we both know darn well was Mordrell? Please tell me, because I'm dying to know. We kept going north. I lost him twice, but a moving shadow's only tough to spot if you don't expect to see it. Today, Harry... We went into a house, all right. Number 412. 412? That's right. 412. Not 241. Somebody got his wires crossed on this. Hold the line. Not your job, Harry. Watch the house, Harry. Don't tail the supervillain on your own, Harry. Harry? Yeah? I can still hear you. Oh, sorry. There is no response from the Red Panda. Return to your post. Mother Hen, I'm telling you, there's something going on that street. And it ain't happening in number 241. The Red Panda has very specific intelligence on this case. And it's wrong! Keep the ten spotters on the house. But you gotta let me watch 412. Very well. These are provisional orders, Mr. Kelly. Yeah? You will establish surveillance on the second house. You will not approach beyond beta perimeter. You will not engage. You will report hourly, and these orders may be rescinded at any time. Am I clear? How can I watch the whole place from that far back, by myself, and call every hour? I am activating your unit of irregulars. The operation at number 412 is under temporary command of the Black Cap. This endless bickering is getting us nowhere. Exactly what did you expect, Crimson Death? Have you never tried to work with other villains? Madam, I am a walking, talking, one-man supervillain team. What is that supposed to mean? That's what he is. That's what they made him. Those butchers at the sanitarium cobbled together a Frankenstein out of bits they stole from Bush League villains. And that's him. Technically, Frankenstein was the man who created the monster. Oh, shut up! Mordrill, where are you going? I am leaving. This is pointless. No one leaves. If anyone here was to have felt bound by the oath we swore, I would have thought it would have been you. Don't try to play me, little man. I understand what you are trying to do. A creature of shadows, a necromancer, two super-powered villains, and an evil genius. It sounds like a fine team, and more than enough to erase one do-gooder in a mask. Then what is the problem? Too many egos. Too many agendas. Besides, half my essence was sold to a dimension of darkness in exchange for great power, and the self-professed genius doesn't even believe in magic. Mumbo-jumbo, hocus-pocus. I am leaving. Please. We just need to focus on our common goal. You have suffered more than most at his hands, Mordrill. It can all end now, if we can only agree on the means. I'll think about it. I'm getting some air. We are trying to keep a low profile here, Mordrill. No man sees me when I do not wish to be seen. You know what I enjoy about team-ups? You meet the most interesting people. That reminds me. 
Didn't I mean to kill you after the last time we worked together? Who can keep track? Let's just say we killed each other and call it even. Now that's progress, at least. Can we build on this? Let's not get caught up in the minutia of our attack. Let us see the bigger picture. If we wish to destroy the man, we must first break his spirit. Draw him out. Set him off his game. If he were humiliated, framed perhaps... If the city he swore to protect saw him as a villain himself... It's been tried. Not by us. It's a point, to be sure. But he doesn't seem to be motivated by glory, so I'm not certain that ignominy would cripple his judgment in the manner we require. It's true. Half the times he's stood in my way, there's not been a single word about it in the papers. It almost made it more humiliating. Because you are a glory hound. He knows it, so he denies you. He does have a powerful respect for life, though. He's pulled me out of the fire more than once, and it would have been easier to let me burn. If he thought that he had killed someone, or was responsible for someone's death... Someone he cared about. The girl. The flying squirrel. I've never been sure what the story was there. He loves her. Are you sure? Trust me, I can tell. The professor is right. He would kill to protect her. I know he would. Such a strong deviation from the norms of one's behavior can only be motivated by foolish emotions like love. You're a very lonely man, aren't you? There are two problems with this plan. Her murder would certainly throw him off his game, but I'm not sure we are prepared to deal with him in the aftermath. I believe that he would kill us all. He's had the chance before. He will do it this time. What is the second objection? The squirrel herself... She's very, very good. And fiendishly determined to never need rescuing. I've made this mistake once or twice. We would have to deal with her eventually in any case. I see something simple and classic. Like a bullet through the head as she cradles his charred, lifeless corpse in her arms. That's nice. Thank you. And it gets us no closer to our goal. Mordriel, glad you could rejoin us. And look what I found. What part of keeping a low profile made you think that kidnapping a teenaged boy would be an excellent idea? The house is surrounded by children. Waifs, really. They are hiding, watching, dozens of them. What? Children? And what made you single this one out to be knocked cold and dragged inside? He's in disguise. Precisely. What? He's wearing theatrical makeup. Very cleverly applied. Our friend in the black cap has some skills. He must be working for the Red Panda. He's on to us already? But how? It does not matter, my friends, because I think that we have found the bait for our trap at last. (laughs) (laughs) You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy. And that's all I know. I had to make the decision quickly, and young Mr. Kelly can be very persuasive. I understand. Can we move in an operative to the Black Cap's location? I don't like having his team there without backup. The current operations manpower needs are extensive. I have summoned Tank Brody. He should arrive within the hour. Harry Kelly ordering Tank Brody around? This should be entertaining. Mac Tully has checked in with Harry twice, and Detective Parker has expanded his team's patrols to include the second target. I worry that we are spreading the operation too thin. I don't disagree. When Tank is in position, restore operations at 2.41, but I want to know if Harry is even one minute late with his reports. I'm on my way to the crime lab now. 
You cannot reach me. You are authorized to use radio ring frequencies. Confirmed. Mother hen out. Oh, hello. Kit, what are you doing here? Reading. Would you like to know what I am reading? You're supposed to be halfway to Cuba by now. Yeah. I sent Mom down with a friend from a church group. No sense wasting the ticket. This isn't a game. Oh, but it is. And just because I don't understand the rules doesn't mean I'm not ahead on points. Give me that file. I don't think so. I knew you were up to something, but I also knew I'd never find something you meant to hide from me. But if you thought I was gone, you just might leave it laying around. Did it occur to you that I might just know what I was doing? Not even for a second. And about this case file, I just started reading, but this doesn't make a lot of sense. There are notes in here dated two, three years from now. Profiles I don't even. I mean, I know who the genie and the electric eel are, but the necromater? I never heard of this guy. And these others. You're not supposed to be here. Right. And this is a part when you tell me why. It's complicated. Losing my patience here, Gus. That file is from an alternate reality. An alternate future, to tell the whole truth. Alternate future? You mean, this was years ago? Oh, what was his name? Baboon McSmoothie. Man of a thousand faces, yes. He traded me this file for my assistance in stealing a prototype energy waveform generator from a certain Nazi scientist we had never heard of at that point. Von Schlitz. I remember. McSmoothie needed that prototype because his world was at war. And it's looking more and more like ours will be too. There are vast differences between the two worlds. There, Doctor Chronopolis is a supervillain. My costume and history is different from their red pandas. I remember. We've even heard that our world has a Brian McSweeney, man of a thousand faces, someone I sincerely hope never to meet. And their flying squirrel is a teenage boy named Kent Baxter. Was a teenage boy named Kent Baxter. Was. He was killed in a trap meant for their world's red panda. By a group calling themselves the Red Panda Revenge Squad. This is how McSmoothie convinced you to help him. He gave you the file on how the flying squirrel was killed. So I could try and prevent the same thing from happening here. Yes. Why didn't you ever tell me? Because this isn't just playing games with time. This is a different reality. Bad enough, I was second guessing myself constantly. When I got this file, our electric eel was dead. Then he wasn't. Necromater's file suggests he was a gender inverted take on Professor Zombie, but if the Minotaur and the Black Knight have direct analogs in our universe, I've never been able to figure it out. There are too many variables, too much risk. And since you sent me away, can I assume this is supposed to happen tonight, about an hour before dawn? So, you kept this from me for what? Four years? A little more? Four years, and what you eventually kissed me, told me you loved me, married me, and still you worked on this on your own. Yes. And when the time came for me to die in a death trap meant for you, you sent me to Havana so you could face it alone. Yes. You are in all kinds of trouble. You know that. I have to go. Can you give me one good reason not to knock you out and leave you here? Just try it, Bub. Kent Baxter was the bait. He died when my opposite number failed to disarm the trap—a death trap that, after years of study and regret, he never did calculate a solution to. Nor can I, if the trap is even the same in our world. If any of this is the same in our world, we'll face it together. Then I'll clean your clot good and proper. I can't lose you like this, Kit. Get your head screwed on right, and you won't. You don't know that.
That's Mother Hen's line. Report! I understand. What is Brody's status? Confirmed. Send all agents to number 412. We're on our way. What is it? I've been a fool. What is it? I've always assumed a one-to-one -one ratio in establishing analogs between the two worlds, but what if... Gus! Sweet pea. Before I break your pretty nose, what in the screaming blue heck is going on? Harry Kelly is two minutes late with his report. Do you think they're up there? The house was empty. We could spend hours looking for clues and find nothing. Or we could come to the spot indicated in the file and hope we've arrived before they're ready for us. If they were going to do this downtown, why not wait until the sun was up? The file said the Black Knight couldn't be exposed to sunlight. Harry was apparently trailing Mordrail the Malevolent. There's your analog. So it would appear. I've spent four years studying that file and I still don't know what to do. Well, throw the file out the window, Pappy. You've got something that other guy didn't. Me. Yes. Holy moly, what's that? I expect that Professor Zombie has loosed some of her undead monsters on the populace. That's how the police and agents aiding the other Red Panda were kept busy the last time. Forget them. I'll stay with you. You can't. You know you can't. Those people need you. I'll be right back. Wait for me. There isn't time. <laughs> well, well. The great man himself. Ahead of schedule, but no less predictable than always. Mordrill! Umbradia, Narasical, Kreptunic! The living darkness now envelops this place. No one may get on or off this rooftop unless I will it so. Impressive, I admit. Hello, Red Panda. Surprised to see so many familiar faces? Far less so than I could possibly say. Where is the boy? Contained within a device of my own design. Voila. Do you like it? Red Panda! Help me! No false moves, Red Panda. An elegant conductive matrix, is it not? Do you know what I call it? The flower of death. I call it... How the devil could you have known that? He must have a spy. One of you has betrayed us. Too late. Eel, do your part. With the greatest of pleasure. <laughs> now, Red Panda, the device courses with... With the living energy that gives you your power. Yes. Hundreds of times more amps than a man could survive now surround my operative. Help me! And I am forced to choose. Choose between his life and mine. He's taking the fun right out of this. Be quiet. You see, Red Panda... Yes, I know! The genie's device maintains the electric eel's power, so even if I take him out, the power will continue to flow. Mordriel's shield of darkness will not wane until the dawn. Professor Zombie will keep the flying squirrel busy as long as she can, which will be long enough, because the electrical field is constricting steadily, meaning I have only moments to solve the puzzle that has thwarted me for four years. What is he talking about? Red Panda, help me! The device has several apparent weak points, each of which is a ruse designed to spring the trap if I attempt to exploit them causing my agent's death myself. I don't know how you know all of this, but you must realize you cannot beat my device. Nothing will dissipate the energy field but a human body absorbing the charge. His or yours. Now, choose, Red Panda. Choose. 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 
Very well. I choose you! What are you? Put me down! Now so I will! Look at you. You're still smiling. I've never seen you so pleased with yourself. I am, actually. I may even take these sandals off. Well, don't get too full of yourself. It wasn't that clever. Seems kind of obvious, really. It certainly never occurred to them. Nor to my opposite number in the other universe. Nor to me in four years this is hung over my head. Suddenly it seems so clear. If a human body had to break that circuit, it wasn't going to be Harry's or mine. And you picked the Crimson Death because? I didn't know what would happen if I threw the electric eel into the rotors. I wasn't sure Mordrill had enough physical form to grab onto. I knew the genie wouldn't survive. But there was a chance that somewhere in his grab bag of powers, there was something that would protect the Crimson Death. And there was, too. In a fashion. He won't be winning any beauty pageants, that's for certain. They say that Death's head mask was welded onto his skull. Well, nasty. Mm, they folded pretty quickly after that. The eel's power was tapped, the genie's never been good in a fight, took care of Mordrill with an anti-magic net, and someone I know cleaned up Zombie and her minions in record time. Oh, shucks. I could get used to this, you know. Mm, what's that? Dancing, tropical breezes, you smiling, no one trying to kill us. Take your pick. I feel like the weight of the world's been lifted off my shoulders. Well, enjoy it while you can. It's still a pretty heavy world out there. You can manage without us for a week, can't it? Just the two of us? And my mother. And your mother? And her friend from the church group. And her... And the two elderly Lotharios they've been running around with? Hmm. Well, I'm about ready to get back to work. What do you say? And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 56, A Dish Best Served Cold, was written and directed by Greg Taylor, with original music by Andrea Lyons, and featured the vocal talents of Christopher Mott, Brian Vaughn, Andrea Lyons, Kevin Robinson, Stephen Burley, Shannon Arnold, Clarissa Dunetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles. <laughs>